every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Really good to be with you. Thanks for joining us. And uh, the economic challenges continue unabated with this administration. Never seen a White House so out of touch with the people's needs or ignoring the people's needs. So we're going to have a discussion along these lines today. This may be very well the most important economic interview of the year that certainly we've done. And we've got Robert Kudla from Trade Genius on with us. And um, he's kicking butt on the market. What is it that he's doing that's so much better than everybody else? So we're going to start from backwards and work forwards. And we're going to ask him how he's doing so well, which is incredible. And, And then we're going to talk about the economic conditions leading to things. So, Bob, welcome to the show. Glad you could join us. And, uh, man, I keep getting these attaboys and the return on investment reports, and you're just kicking butt. What's going on with Trade Genius? Oh, hey, Dave. Uh, thanks for having me. And, and uh, that's so kind. So what, what we do at Trade Genius is that we apply three principles. So, you know, we look at probabilities, you know, kind of tell us what, what season are we in for different asset classes, and then we have two algorithms that that um, we we turn loose, and you know one of them's looking at levels and saying, "Are hey, are we buying this dip? Are we selling this rip?" And the last one looks at momentum and say, "What's the best setup to get in those trades?" And we consistently apply that. And so for us, it really doesn't matter what the market's doing, as long as we understand and we're in the right ocean, if you will we're going to be able to find enough fish to turn profits on trades. So, and we do that day with, um, with stock market. We do it cryptocurrency. Um, volatility is our friend. And, and we also trade the futures options market. So we have different rooms for that, Dave. And, and what we've done is we created seven bundles so that people can pick what room they like to be part of. Or if they just want to be educated, because we'll teach you how to use this information. And then we also give you access to our algorithms. Or you can just simply buy access to the algorithms and do your own thing. So those are um, already pre-discounted, 65% off. And we usually do, Dave, when we do these shows with you, uh, uh, we hold that, prom- that promotion available till Saturday. And um, that would be uh, towards the end of the month right on my calendar up in front of me. But um, that would be um, probably to the 30th of January, uh, July, excuse me, and then um, and then we have promo code of summer, 50% off anything that's not 
pre-bundled, mm-hmm. you get 50% off the retail price. And our pricing, if people go look at our store, it's very reasonable. Uh, we definitely put the ROI in your favor. And look, we've just been rolling from one opportunity to another, Dave. And and so now <clears throat> we're going into the next season in terms of um, what we're going to talk about today. And I think this is going to probably be the most terrifying but the most profitable opportunities in people's lives over the next four to 12 months. Well, volatility has always been your friend at Trade Genius. I've learned that much. And I want to just ask you a question about the algorithms. Is that what tells people how to buy or when to buy, sell, and hold? Yeah, it, it, it gives you... Um, you know, obviously, there's no certainty as it would be called collecting, not trading. But it, <clears throat> it shows you and it alerts you as to what 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 our system thinks is the best setup for that particular stock at that particular moment. And then it also will inform you whether or not you're you're kind of going outside the chalk lines, and you should probably take profit or move your stop up or sell some of it off, or if the trade doesn't work out, it'll alert you that hey, um, that trade didn't work out. You um, you need to probably close that trade. So yeah. So in essence, you boiled it down simpler, but that's what that's what we do. So uh, you can set up alerts on your system. We also provide trades every day too. So um, so we're constantly in the market looking for a trade to put out to our, our 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 clients. At the same time, we give them the tools that they can be searching for their own trades at the same time. Okay. Okay, that makes some sense here, but but what I like that you guys do, and what I think makes it appealing to the average person who's not an economist or an experienced stock market trader, is not only do you trade them what to, uh, trade t- train them on what to do, but you also have these tools like like you know the algorithms, the chat rooms. So it's it just seems to me if a person can follow directions, they're going to make money. Look, for what you pay for our service, nobody gives you what we give you. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's what I hear from my audience that gets in. Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to work backwards on this because what is it about Trade Genius manipulating the market here in the way they do for the benefit of their investors? What is it about them that sets them ahead of everything else? And I would suspect, Bob, it's because you have uh, not just a good algorithm, but you have superior knowledge of the trends based on current events. Yeah, I mean, look, so, uh, you know, we do two things. One, I live this stuff, so I see it every day. Number two, I love this stuff, so I'm really interested, and I'll dig down deeper. And then then number three, we have just years and decades worth of data points to tell us don't fight the probabilities. You You know the old phrase, it's different this time? Well, that's a poor bet to always try to pay play the it's different this time so things work out because they work out and, and, and you just want to get on the right side of that so you know right now you know we're, we're looking at the, um, the market in June everybody thought it was going to basically implode correct and I was telling you that hey um, and oil is going to go through the roof I said hey June low in the market, June high in oil. And it wasn't because of anything Biden's doing, anything that that I'm doing, anything that Federal Reserve's doing. It's just that the market in an election year, midterm year, that is the probability trade. 
And look what happened. Oil went from $130. It's down trading around $94 right now. Let me take a quick look while we're talking. Oil is right now trading at... Oh, don't have it in front of me. I think around $95, $96. Bucks. And, um, and so that's a huge, huge reduction in the expectation for oil. I think, I think gasoline's down almost 40 straight days now. Not much, but it's trickling down. And it put a bottom in on the market. And people ask, well, why is that? I said, well, the Federal Reserve is a political animal, and the politicians are political animals, and politicians want to remain in power, and the Federal Reserve wants to maintain their monopoly without oversight. So they tend to then try to drift this market up higher into the midterm elections. Okay? And that is what's happening here. And so... What you saw here was a bit of a liquidity pump, right? So these are called bear market rallies. Now, I'm not saying the market's going to continue to go up from here. I'm just saying that low in June is going to be a hard one to break. And it all depends on the Fed, and the Fed is this week. So we just traded that, Dave. It was just, it's just a simple exercise of, okay, the probabilities tell us. Our indicators told us to buy, and we bought. I mean, we bought Bitcoin. We bought we bought um, the uh, we bought Apple. We bought uh, some of the tech names, and and we just rode that thing up. And now we're coming into the Fed meeting. Uh, Liquidity starting to dry up again. And one of the things I'm going to talk, talk to you guys about is is some of the stuff's publicly available for people to watch on their own. So you can almost get like a two week heads up or where you think the market may trend over the next two weeks after that. And so that's all we do. And it sounds easy it is but you have to be immersed in it and so people pay us to do the immersion so that they can focus on other things and hopefully that we're we do our job right we're helping people make better and more informed trades yeah that that's, sounds like just like a winning combination it is because your return on investment's been so high do you have a latest update on what your return on investment is yeah it's um Stays pretty consistent here. We're at basically um, 63.6% win rate, but it, but the more important number is we're at 121.81% for annualized gains. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, isn't just, I mean, what's considered example, to be good in the market? What would a what would a broker brag about if he had a good return? Yeah. Well, see, the difference it's kind of apples and oranges, just to be fair. Because um, mine is an artificial number, you know, in terms of just the transactions. But, you know, if you're only 50% invested with this stuff, you'd be making 60%, right? And, you know, I think brokers are happy to, uh, remember, they get paid well if they if they beat the market averages, okay? So, um, anything positive here, you're a hero. But if you're doing anything higher than 15 20%, um, you know, in a in a given year, year over year, you're you're doing really well. So, um, our signals work, and and um, and I'll just give you an example. I'm just going through the trades right now. So, we put people in Sark because we we thought the move, the bear market rally, was going too far too fast. Sark is 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 kind of the Nasdaq sh- a short for some specific stock stocks. You know, that trades up. We we actually shorted Bitcoin with BITI. See, the nice thing with crypto now is that even though I'm a Bitcoin maximalist, you know, uh, if I can take profit when it gets um, on uh, gets overbought without touching my Bitcoin, 
Um, we have um, BITI, which is a short Bitcoin. Uh, that trade is doing spectacularly for us today. Uh, we're starting to enter in some of the commodity names because we think the Fed's going to start p- pivoting here in July and August. And so, um, you know, we've had a number of really good trades on CCJ. I can I can hear the dogs nipping at your heels. The deals yeah, are so yeah. good. Dogs just came in, and uh, my wife's taking them outside. And uh, so CCJ has been trading now. We've been trading in and out of that, even though it's a long-term hold for me. We bought the Canadian resource companies because the dollar's been so strong. It's been suppressing commodities around the world. I mean, we bought MOS. We killed it on that. We bought CNQ. We killed it on that. Uh, we, we bought um, um, Can Alaska. It was up 40%. You know, uh, uranium names are starting to come out of earnings with double-digit returns on the uh, on the earnings report. So, so it's those kind of things that we're in. I mean, we we trade the shippers, huge dividends. A lot of the energy names we give people have high dividend payouts. We put people in a stock called VOC. You know, people have stayed in it went from six to eight dollars. So just stuff like that, and and. Uh, and now we're ready to pivot for the Fed here meeting on Wednesday and going into the into the third and fourth quarter. But the macro picture is going to become absolutely insane because of what's happening in Europe, in China, in Japan, and in the United States. Everything's just changing, Dave. Well, I get that sense. It just... Um, I remember you told me some time ago, a few interviews ago, that America is going to be the last man standing if, if a collapse comes. Um, are we seeing the beginning of the collapse in Europe now? Yeah, yeah. So Europe went to parity. Europe's going to go below parity. Um, so, and, and that, that last man standing thing is in play right now, Dave. So dollar is greater than all the other major currencies in the world, okay? But gold has not yet turned to go up with the dollar. So, so, so the dollar is reigning supreme. But Europe, yeah, Europe's, Europe's dead meat. I don't, I don't know what they're thinking. I mean, these people are supposed to be the smartest people in the room. They tell us all the time how stupid the Americans are. But I mean, I, I don't know if these people. I don't know what it is with leftists. They believe their own hype. They don't really trade in reality. But they walked right into a Russian trap. Okay, and and the the PPI numbers were over thirty percent. CPI was sixty percent. Uh, the the issue is structural, and so you're looking at a two year problem for Europe. It all depends on on how um, how much of a choker that that Putin wants to put on Europe. But yeah, um, the euro. If you guys have anything in euro, get the heck out of euro. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that it's gonna be there's gonna be some failed states in there, and and um, but they're not the only ones. You know, Japan is now bumping up against their game they've been playing for the last thirty years. They've run out of room, so they may lose control of their bond market. Okay, which is devastating for for Japan, and and then you have um, China, as you and I both talk about insistently and consistently, is that. Um, it's a paper tiger or paper dragon, we should say, and now they have major bank issues, and and basically the corruption in that country is 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 overwhelming, and they can't paper it over anymore, and now people can't get their money out of the banks. And here's a tidbit I didn't know that I learned in the last couple of weeks is that 
under the age of, of uh, 25, 20% 20 of the of the Chinese population is unemployed. Oh, well. Willingly and unwillingly. So they don't want to work for slave labor, so they just do a lot of gig work. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. We already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time for enough to survive you know and uh and so yeah so uh and china's rapidly aging so um china's dead meat and i think what we're doing in the united states is is that this dollar push and this increase in interest rates they know we're going into recession. They know that the, the oil is falling. But I think we're the chemotherapy patient. <clears throat> Russia's cancer and the Federal Reserve is the chemo. Okay? And I think they're trying to see if they can break Russia before they kill the patient in the West. And, you know, that's why you're starting to see the blow-ups, right? You know, Europe's blowing up. Uh, you got countries in the Middle East starting to blow up. You got India. India's current account <clears throat> uh, surplus is collapsing. Their FX reserves are collapsing. And so <clears throat> I always told people India is going to be one of those uh, black swans that people don't talk about. And now you're starting to see it. They uh, Countries that don't have enough energy, Dave, and don't have enough food 
are either vassals or fa- failed states. And and India's in that camp. They have to import energy and and sometimes they make enough food, sometimes they don't. And they were they rely on selling stuff to Europe and US for their current account surplus. Well if we go into a recession, they're they're gonna be in deep weeds. And so the dollar reigns supreme. And if you know if we had Trump in there versus this idiot we have in power now, uh, you know, we we would be um, the energy independence would be easily notable. Inflation would have been way down. Oil prices would have never got this high. And as the president, Prime Minister of Hungary said, if we had Merkel and Trump, we wouldn't have a war in Ukraine with Russia right now. And so that's the whole thing. But but the United States can't maintain for too long. If they maintain this level of what they're doing, the, the breakage is, isn't simply one that you can fix. It's Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, but what if Humpty Dumpty is cracked? And uh, it's going to be cracked when it drops. I I fear... I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. There are some positive signs I see. Well, let's put it this way. China's not going to overwhelm us. I'm absolutely convinced of that. I'm speaking economically, of course. Uh, They're calling uh, the lockdowns in Shanghai and Beijing and Xi'an, they're calling them COVID lockdowns. I think that's a bunch of bull. I think they're trying to keep the people off the streets so they can't try to get their money out of the bank. What do you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you got to understand that China's not a monolith. So um, the people that are being screwed over are the rural, are the m- rural mid-tier cities. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't dare do this in in Beijing, okay? To their depositors, they 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 screwed over the western part of China, and southern China. You know they they have different <clears throat> mandarins that are, you know, Xi's not you know absolute ruler. You know he he has to rule by consensus inside that Politburo, and. Uh, you're starting to see that start to fray. And so Shanghai is not exactly a, an area of a strong uh, support for um, Xi Jinping. So what did he do? He locks it down. Guangzhou locks it down. There you go. And so, yeah, so, um, but, you know, these things only can last so long before they boil over. And so, so but China is interesting because China, if China and supply chains break again, they're going to export inflation back into the United States, okay, when we can ill afford it. How will they do that? Just because there will be less stuff coming over, prices will go through the roof. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so, straight old supply and demand, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I interviewed a military expert, and he is an expert. And I'm not going to mention his name in case you disagree with him, <laughs> okay? Uh, but I respect your knowledge on military uh, tactics as well, too. He feels, and I'll bring this back to China, but he feels Russia is just about out of conventional weapons in terms of being able to sustain the war. They can't go tactical nukes because Europe would overwhelm them with the same. And he feels they have to go um, big boy nukes. And he feels that the moment they expand the war, whether they launch a nuke or not, that China will launch a series of Pearl Harbor type attacks on America and the Pacific and make a move on blockading Taiwan. What do you think? Um, can I respectfully disagree? Yes, that's why I'm asking you the question. <laughs> yeah, so um, I agree that China, I mean, I agree that Russia is probably uh, running low on their munitions, uh, but they occupy the ground they want to own, okay? And 
and they were handing them a hundred million dollars a week or something like that that they're pumping right into their armament armament factories and so uh, I think Russia can can maintain a low grade war to see if 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 we lose interest um, but you know Russia's not going any further than that um, the other thing about uh, what Russia will do is in my opinion look um, Vladimir Vladimir Putin is if anything he's he's, he's savvy and strategic mm-hmm. and so my my understanding is that you know he has a base of operations in Syria and um, if he feels if he feels too much sweat from the um, uh, too much sweat from from the West on Ukraine um, he can use his proxy in Iran uh, to pump a few high-grade missiles into the Saudi um, o- uh, oil infrastructure or the Gulf Coast oil infrastructure and take oil up to uh, you know $150 $200 a barrel overnight and just totally destroy the West so Russia holds a lot of cards, and and uh, you know of our own doing. Um, there's no way China is gonna is going to um, even if they try to attack Taiwan, it would be basically it, it would be extremely counterproductive for them. The Japanese all but said they would come to Taiwan's defense. Okay, the Chinese fear the Japanese. The Japanese just won a supermajority in their election after Abe got assassinated. And they could change the constitution if they want, and so that's on the table of hey, get drop the defense only uh, aspect of the constitution, and put China, Japan in a situation where they just they just uh, let China know that hey, at any time we can gear up on you, and I would be shocked if the Japanese don't already have nuclear weapons. Okay, I would they're be too. smart. They're, they're smart enough. Okay, uh, their engineers are world class, and and there's no corruption, you know, in terms of their karitsu, right? They are single-mindedly focused on Japan, and so um, I, I would just think that uh, there would be a, a last gasp on China's part, and uh, and Russia can't project power, so so I disagree with 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 um, that person, and. Uh, and that's my view, and so far my view has been holding for the last three years that we talked about. And um, Russia got what they wanted out of Ukraine. Um, they're, they're just going to constantly bleed them out. And he does, Russia, Russia doesn't care if their troops get killed. Okay, uh, he's a mafioso. That's those are just assets to be used in the furtherment of Mother Russia. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, the China Belt and Road is this going to slow down because of their banking woes? I think the Belt and Road is pretty much done. That's what I thought too. That's so a lot of these too. countries that have taken money are in default, and uh, what is what China going to do? Take over a port, and then uh, the government in power in Tanzania says, "Well, we just nationalized it." <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, the the other thing that I'm wondering about though is with. Um, the, the Chinese, they now, this has broken the mainstream media. This isn't even an alternative media story any longer. That, uh, the Chinese company, Huawei, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, H-E-W-A-I-I, Huawei, they have put supposedly 
communication disruption devices on cell phone towers that can interfere with our nuclear communications and that's being broadcast far and wide um, is this disinformation I mean what what do you think the real story is behind this well they did they did buy property near a number of strategic military bases yes so you know I would be surprised if they wouldn't do those kind of things if they could but I'd be surprised that we'd have a single point of failure for our nuclear defense. So um, I don't think we're that woke yet that we're not that, that it permeated everywhere. In, in, excuse me. In other words, you think that uh, the system's more sophisticated? Well, I think, yeah, I think the, the system. Look, obviously, a nuclear attack is designed to take out a single point of failure, right? <coughs> I just think that's pretty decentralized, and. Uh, you know, there's more than one, you know, nuke base for missiles. There's more than one nuke base for <clears throat> aircraft. The sub-fleet is, is dispersed, you know what I mean? It can command and controlled out of other places. So, uh, and look, and don't forget, um, you know, Elon Musk puts, you know why Elon Musk gets a pass by the SEC and everybody else all the time? It's called Starlink and SpaceX. All right, we totally dominate totally dominate space okay Russians don't have enough assets up there the Chinese probably compromised all their satellites already <clears throat> why do you think Ukraine is, is holding on is that the Russians can't get real time data imagery to their to their uh, their firing positions and we have satellites sitting up there 24-7 right over eastern Ukraine just pumping out pumping out targeting data to the Ukrainians in real time. And so uh, I think if China would do something so stupid, we literally would, would, would black out China in about 15 minutes. Okay, I, I hear what you're saying. There's another thing, too, that um, I, I actually have an internal chuckle about, and it's this, and you alluded to it earlier. The stupidity and arrogance of the EU. And, and here's specifically what I'm talking about. In 2014, I wrote an article, and I can see now I was wrong about the prediction, but I was right about the coming conditions. I said that when we basically caused the uh, turnover of Ukraine away from the Russian sphere of influence, I said, watch out, watch out, watch out. Because Germany, don't you get something like 36, 38% of your home heating oil from Russia? UK, France, don't you get similar amounts? And I even predicted wrongly. I said, someday, these countries may leave NATO and join with Russia just so they don't freeze to death in the winter. Okay, forget that erroneous prediction. But the analysis of trouble was correct. How could someone like me, as simple as I am, a one-man operation, how could I see this in 2014 and the French and the Germans and the Brits and the rest of Europe walked right into this nonsense and now Putin has them over a barrel? Yeah, I mean, they see it too. It's just that, you know, when when you live and you try to create narratives, you can't break your own narrative until the narrative breaks on you. Okay, I'll give you an example. Right, inflation was transitory till it was not. Right, they knew it was never transitory, but they 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 will hold on to a position until they have to pivot on a position. Now, now recession is recession until we redefine it. Okay, so they're just uh, they just operate in a land of narratives. So just like you know, we're never gonna 
you know, raise interest rates till they raise them, right? We're never going to lower interest rates till we lower them. You know, so um, they know all this stuff. They're always just playing for time and for advantage. And, you know, and they know they're going to lose on the narrative. How do they, what's their fallback position and how do they actually profit from it? These people are experts in lemonade. In other words, they're not very intelligent. Oh, no. I, on contraire, I think they're very intelligent. It's all about controlling. It's, it's all about maintaining power. So when you run a confidence game, you have to give people confidence. And just like Roosevelt, you know, your gold saved, your gold saved, your gold saved, we confiscated your gold. You know what I mean? Now we're devaluing the dollar. That's what they do. So they just lie until they're positioned to take advantage of the lie and the change of the lie. Okay. And so, yeah, so so that's what they do. You know, they, they look, they try to outlast you. So they always have the biggest stack at the table, right? So they're hoping to maneuver you in a position when you, you, you're wiped out that no matter if they're you're right and they're wrong, you're too broke or you're too broke in to be able to, to counter them. And that's, that's the way they play. Any chance that Russia will widen the war? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think Russia is going to probably take a shot at Saudi Arabia, their biggest competitor in the oil markets. And that would be a twofer for them. How would they do it? What would that look like? Yeah, they would they would use their proxies in Yemen and Iran. Okay. And 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 take out the ability to for the Saudis to generate supply. Well, yeah, and Iran would certainly be willing to help them. Are the Yemenis are they capable of doing such an operation? Uh, the the Russians and the and the um, the. the the, the Iranians have been sending them um, missile and drone mm-hmm. uh, technology, and they've, they've had some good shots on them already. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow. For example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. Mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. So let me take that last word, drones, uh, to the economic side of things. Um, is there a way to take advantage of the world's military's fascination and in increased production of drones? Is there a way to invest in this and walk away with a profit? Um, yeah, you know, there, there, there is. I haven't really done too much with that. Um, but if you notice, General Dynamics um, stock's been rising and Raytheon, uh, is is knee deep in some of this intelligence stuff too, but um, there was a company, General Atomics. I have to see if it's public or not. They're they're they 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 were knee deep in the drone uh, manufacturing too, out of San Diego. Interesting, because uh, I still think there's. there's such a fascination every time I turn around I read about military technology advancements and so forth you read the phrase fleet of drones drones doing this drones doing that and uh, this US ship swarmed by drones and and I'm just thinking my gosh with the increased interest in drones I would think there's huge money to be made on the market I mean it's something you think you'd want to trade in yeah but it's it's, you know you have to understand though um, uh, they're not the only drone technology out there, the French have it, the English have it, the Israelis have it, 
Turkey has it, United States has it. You know, is it is, is it a big enough market and is it profitable enough to uh, to be able to to make a lot of money on it? So I'll, I'm going to look up General Atomics while we're talking to see if it's a uh, well. The, the one thing you hear, and this is when you talk, listen to the military think tank people, they are talking about replacing battlefield soldiers in large part with drones. Yeah, um, well, robots. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, that's what the Air Force is going to be. You know, as you know, um, um, the the tank is a is the tank is rapidly becoming a an obsolete. Just like the battleship after World War II, the the tank is is now uh, unless they figure a way to, de- to defend it better is 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 you know Russia's learning. That drone uh, and missile technology is 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 outstripping the ability of the tank to be an effective battlefield asset. Is that going to be true for the aircraft carrier at some point? Uh, not so much for the aircraft. What the United States is doing is that we've now um, decentralized our aircraft carrier because of the F thirty five B. So uh, the Marines can operate on their uh, troop ships now. Okay. Um, you know, you can land an F-35B uh, or C, excuse me, I think C is the carrier version. You can land that on onto a cruiser, right? Um, so you, you, you basically now are spreading your bed across the fleet. So instead of having one aircraft carrier, if you have, you know, if you have two uh, marine um, helicopter ships, and an aircraft carrier. Now you have three platforms for your fixed-wing aircraft. Okay, got it. Yeah, and, and so it kind of go. It's expanding the concept of task force to task forces. Yeah, and here's the thing about a, a, a carrier. You know, the missile, the size of the missile you need to sink a carrier is is, is uh, you'd have to have multiple hits at the right place. At the, at the same time, and so really only a s- sub is it like these hypersonic missiles? They can't be heavy, Dave, because uh, you'd have to travel so far, right? You, it, most of it's fuel, and so you know, can you put a hole in a carrier? Uh, probably, right? Uh, but you know, you, you um, and the thing about a hypersonic missile is that. They're not easy to steer. You try to steer something going 5,000 miles an hour, there's a good chance you're going to tumble it, right? So, you know, um, even if you got a satellite imagery of a, of a carrier and you launch that thing off, well, you know, by the time uh, by the time that missile shows up where the carrier was, the carrier could be 20 miles away in any direction. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So, so then you really, you know, the sub is the greatest threat to a carrier, unless it's right along the shore. And and um, you know half the ships that guard the uh, the carrier are in anti-submarine you know uh, mode. You know every carrier attack group has at least one, maybe two fast attack subs, right? Looking for enemy subs, plus destroyers and cruisers and helicopters. So um, you know that system's hard. But you know the United States is going to get away from carriers too. So you know we have you know. You start looking at, you know, they're developing hypersonic missiles. The United States is developing hypersonic aircraft, okay? So, you know, if you want to project power, right, you know, it, it takes you 10 days to get a carrier to where you want it to be. 
where you get a hypersonic hypersonic bomber, right? That could be there in 15 minutes, all right? <laughs> and and to drop its payload off, and you know we can now we can now overwhelm anybody's SAM systems by you sending an F-35 or an F-22 in there, and it and it's being it's being uh, escorted by. Um, drone F-16s, right, or drone f 18 because we don't need them anymore. We converted them as, into drones, and or just drones themselves that are used to be sacrificed as pawns, right, so that you can overwhelm a SAM system. And and that's what HIMAR is doing to the Russians. So, you know, the Russian S- S-400 is, a, is, is probably state-of-the-art anti-air, but the HIMARS system is coming in at them with 18, you know, a barrage of 18 missiles. While well, the S-400, it just simply, that battery just can't simply fire, and you know, enough enough missiles at fast enough, and it gets overwhelmed. Okay, and um, and so that's why they're you know, HIMARS having a day. So you can overwhelm these systems, and then you know, the United States has laser technologies now. And you know they co-developed uh, all the anti-missile technology with the Israelis, so we have access to all that stuff. So um, we're pretty formidable, and we're and we're we're learning to be standoff. We understand that you know China and Russia have very good anti-ship capability. We're going to get to a point where we really don't care. Okay, you can't sink Guam. Right, you can't see <laughs> Okinawa, yeah. yeah, and 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 you know, and then we'll we'll have all our strategic assets sitting in 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 Pearl Harbor, Guam, West Coast, Central United States, and we'll just send them out as we need to. And an hour later, they could drop their munitions and come home. Yeah. So the world is it's changing rapidly. So uh, the Russia Ukraine thing opened a lot of people's eyes. They're like, oh my gosh, you know. Uh, the Russian approach to military operating. If Russia was trying to do this to the United States, we'd be in Moscow right now, okay? Um, because Ukrainians don't have standoff offensive capability like we do. Understood. That makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to go back to the economic side then. This, to me, the, the direction the military is going, I would think would be of interest to uh, investors like Trade Genius. Uh, to try to jump on this trend because you know the the U.S. has to be planning to go further in this direction because they know the Russians can't handle it. Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny is, you know, sometimes economy and stock don't really match up. These companies just don't make the margins that, you know, we like to see in terms of be able to make the returns that we want to make. So we we're, we kind of get focused there. Look, I personally own some general dynamics in the uh our long-term, you know, retirement portfolio, but you know, there's probably some niche companies out there. There's one, there's one that's probably going to come up called Palantir. Okay, PLTR. It's it's been underperforming for a long time because it's a little early. But this is total situational awareness, and you know, that's a stock you you may want to own and tuck away for five years. Obviously, if you morally can can. Um, you want to own it, right? So, um, but Palantir Technology is is it, it's basically it, it analyzes all the data the NSA is collecting. I mean, all kinds of data, right? 
images, communications, you know, um, things of that nature, and it, and it paints a picture of you. Okay, <laughs> so you know you can you can get it right down to following an individual terrorist. All right, so that's a company, but the stock I'm waiting for the buy signal on it, right? But that's one that's definitely interesting, you know, to me on the defense side. You know, the downside of it is they're going to use it probably to surveil us. So, so it's a moral question whether you want to own it or not. So, yeah, I understand, but you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying that the defense industry and the stock market don't always line up, but there's such big money already. Uh, because the military industrial complex makes money hand over fist it's number one in the world so i i would think that that would provide extra opportunities for people that understood the trends and what was coming maybe i'm oh, off base yeah, on yeah, that yeah for sure i mean for sure it should be part of your portfolio but you know as a trader you know if general dynamics moves two percent in three weeks doesn't float my boat you know what i mean i'm looking for stuff where i can make three percent in a week kind of stuff so, but yeah. Okay. Let, well, let's contrast that. Sure. Look, I own, I, look, there's energy names I trade, and there's energy names I own. So, but from a defense side, it's the smaller software type ones or something that's new and exotic is where you're going to get the big moves. So, new and exotic. Okay. Um, what about weaponry in space? And I'm going to ask you a two-part question. One, are you aware of how exotic the weaponry is in space? There's a lot of disagreement among military experts I talk to on that point. And then number two, uh, I think that the the Gene Roddenberry phrase, space the final frontier, I think it would be a great frontier for investment too. Well, I, I mean, look, the minute SpaceX or or uh, Starlink comes public, I'm buying it. Okay, okay, you just answered my question. Yeah, but they're not public yet. Yeah, look, um, um, look, I don't pretend to know the assets that are up in space. All I know is that we have a stealth shuttle up there doing God knows what to God know who. That's exactly, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. That's exactly right. I mean, we would absolutely be crazy if we didn't have some of our best weapons in space pointed directly at pressure points of our enemies. Oh, oh, well, for sure, we, that would be yeah. irresponsible not to do that. Yeah, we, we we can blind them for sure. Yeah, that's that's why I'm thinking because I'm thinking about how we can all make money on this. Okay, so if military is a little harder to predict, and that's what I'm hearing, um, what are the safer moves right now in the economy? Well, so here's the pivot, right? So so energy, it, it look. Until we go into a deep recession, and as long as energy keeps holding above this like this ninety-one to ninety-five dollars area, uh, energy companies are making money hand over fist. Okay, at least for the next two quarters. And if you have dividend payers, they're going to do fine. Production can't keep up with demand right now. Okay, so that's a longer-term play. But if they do drive us into a recession and oil does break, um, then you know we own bonds, TLT. And, and uh, you know, 2008, that was a double, okay? And so there's going to be some room for bonds to go down before bonds start going against you again. And so that's an opportunity there. And, and um, you know, and look, food's, food's an issue. So uh, we just made money on Mosaic. We made huge money on Mosaic last year, and we bought it again. 
and um, trading it and have it in my long-term account because now we're going back into the fertilizer season again. We don't know. There's still not enough fertilizer out there. And so fertilizer is a big play. And um, and so you know, Mosaic, IPI are, are great opportunities as well. But beyond that, beyond that, um, there's very few places that are going to be safe to hide in this environment except when we get to the end state where countries will have to start buying their energy in their local currency instead of using the dollar. Doesn't mean the dollar is going to lose its reserve currency standpoint, but it may, it, it, people may start buying energy with it. When that happens, then that's when you want to own gold and silver. Okay. So those are my pivots. So right now I'm heavily invested in, in energy. I have these specialty commodities that I'm trading. Okay. And, and I'm, I've built in a fairly large position now in, in long-term bonds, waiting for the seat the Fed's going to pivot here. Uh, the trade's already profitable for us because, you know, the 10 years already starting to fall. And then once these countries can't handle the energy prices anymore and there's a dollar shortage out there because the Fed's not relinquishing their, their strong dollar position, countries are just simply going to buy oil in their local currency and then that's going to go ahead and weaken the dollar, and you'll see gold and silver miners start to rip. Okay, that you're you're taking me back to what I thought you would get, end up on, and that's the precious metals card, and that's that's kind of the default position for almost anything, isn't it? Well, and right now, I mean, there, it's like depression era pricing on the on the precious metals. I've been building a position. I own Hequa. I own uh, Barrick Gold. I own GDX, I own GDXJ. All those trades for me right now are underwater, but I didn't buy them for the week. I'm buying them for this pivot. And and uh, and you, and when people say, well, what, what does a pivot look like? So you look at uranium from 2002 to 2008. That's a pivot for uranium. You look at 2010 to 2011 for precious metals. That's a pivot. Okay, and and that's those pivots are gonna are gonna show up again for gold and silver because at some point this dollar cannot maintain its level or they're going to they're going to throw the whole world into a, a depression and countries are just going to are just going to have to not trade in dollars they're going to use their own their own currencies and then um, there'll be less of a need for dollars the dollar will fall and then that's that frees gold and silver for a big 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 move okay that's comforting because I put most of my emphasis on gold and silver as yeah. well. Um, you got to be patient. It's long suffering. You know, it's it's um, you know the the, the the Federal Reserve hates gold and silver. It's a competition for them. Okay, and so, uh, but it it it's coming, and you have to own it, just like you have to own energy. Do you think they would dare try to outlaw it like Roosevelt did? Yeah, it's just not. It's really irrelevant to the American people because the rest of the world will use gold and silver. Okay, and and I don't know if the digital are coming. Let's put it this way: the planned digital appearance in America that Biden talked about, he called it the Fed coin. Um, where is that at now? And is that going to influence your thinking if they're able to bring it in? And do you think they'll be able to bring it in? Well, I know they're trying to accelerate it now because they're panicking. Okay, um, I just um, 
I just don't know, Dave, to be honest with you. I mean, I, look, I can, I, I can wake up some nights in sweaty nightmares of what it looks like, you know, like, you know, uh, the Antichrist, right? The, there you go. I, that's exactly where I'm going East. with it. Yep. Okay, that's that's on the table versus nobody's going to accept it and they're going to find themselves in a court and or find themselves in a civil war. So I just don't know where in that spectrum it's going to line up. But uh, they would, uh, the politicians may not survive it. <laughs> no, I, I hear what you're saying. And I'm in complete agreement. But you start, then it, yeah, it, start bankrupting, bankrupting, bankrupting millions of people because you you're doing these things. Then remember, when people have nothing to lose, they have nothing to lose, and then you have everything to lose. Look at Sri Lanka; they've already burned down 38 of the richest people's homes. Okay, so yeah, I, I hear you. So. Yeah, so so that I think that's. I think that's on the table when they start doing that kind of stuff because you'll have a total social order breakdown. They think they can create social order with it, but they, but likely it's going to have a mirror effect. I think. Well, yeah, but they're they're doing things just to piss people off too, and they're, and a lot of it's happening through their green programs. For example, you look at the Dutch and the Irish. They announced this on Friday that um, you got to bring your emissions down by twenty eight to thirty percent. And therefore, the way we're going to do it is we're going to take 30% of your land without compensation. You know, I'll tell you, they pull that crap here in America. I'd be sitting out there with my shotgun and said, like, hell you are. And I think yeah, that's how Americans are, I think that's how I, Americans yeah, are going to be. Yeah, and I think that's already happening in the Netherlands. Remember, you know, the Irish, Irish people are very sensitive to losing control of their land because, the, you know, the Brits owned all that land for many, many decades, uh, centuries, actually. Exactly. So... Uh, uh, you know, some of the stuff works until it doesn't. You know, I mean, look, Netherlands just showed the Dutch people how fast they can have no food on their grocery shelves. Okay, you know, if they want the if they want the army to be bringing in food to every grocery store for the rest of their lives, you know, um, and Sri Lanka already broke. You know, so it'll be very interesting to see. You know how that happens. You know the U.S. I think that Canada are trying to do the same thing. They're trying to do. Also, they pivoted from CO2 to nitrogen. What the hell is that all about? Yeah, I you saw that. I, mean? I don't understand the science. I don't get it. I've tried to research well, the it. Science is that you need natural gas to create nitrogen. Exactly. So they they just don't want to use natural gas. So um, yeah, so it's 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 a joke and it's ironic because the United States now is the world's number one exporter. Of of uh, a liquefied natural gas. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. So, yeah, I, I, you know, we we got to get through an election cycle here to see how these guys fare. You know what I mean? So, um, if the Republicans sweep in twenty twenty two, it'll give me it'll give me some some comfort. You know, we have to see more right wing parties uh, start to come into power. Whether or not you like the right wing parties or not, they, you need a balance against these crazy communists. <laughs> Glad to hear you call them that because that's what they are. It's got to make investing very delicate to try to anticipate a ruling class that does not respect the rule of law. They break their own SEC regulations on a daily basis. They have a two tiered system of justice. How the hell do you plan for that with what you do? Well. Uh, even even the even the corrupt elites want to get rich, 
So you just follow their footprints. <laughs> I love it. When in Rome, do as the criminal Romans do, right? Yeah, I mean, we just, we, you know, that that's the th- our whole mantra we started Trade Genius is that, you know, in the middle 60s, good enough for us. So, you know, let let the let the big boys bring the the bait ball to the surface, and we'll just eat with the seagulls. That's a good analogy. I like that a lot. Um, if the Republicans are able to win in November, how does that change investing starting next January? Uh, you know, it's it, it, it's hard to say because a lot of this stuff is I think is locked in structurally now. But I think you'll you'll probably see obviously see the Biden administration can veto an executive order as a counterbalance to the uh, to the Republicans. So it really is going to matter. See, the problem is going to be is Biden going to be around or not, right? So uh, so it'll depend. You know, because I, I think if, if Biden's on around, Kamala Harris is going to be there's going to be a war, a civil war inside the Democratic Party for the. Uh, for the for the person that wants to be in charge of of what Kamala Harris says, right? So, um, but I, I I just think nothing really changes until twenty twenty four because the Republicans will lock down the budgets, right? They'll probably try to they'll impeach Garland, they'll impeach Mayorkas, they'll impeach Fauci if he's still around. You know, they'll they'll just they'll, they're going to go to war. Um, you know, payback's a bitch kind of a thing, I think. I got it. At yeah. least on the House side. The Senate, probably not so much, but on the House side, for sure. But you know, <clears throat> Rand Paul's going to go to war against Fauci, right? So, um, and the CDC. And so you, you have a bunch of that um, in play. Uh, you know, obviously, the Biden administration will have managed to take two to three branches of government against them. So the Supreme Court, you know, if even if, you know, you can say you're supposed to be justice, supposed to be blind. We, we threatened, we threatened two of the, uh, uh, of the justices. We tried to assassinate one of them, and and now we're trying to threaten another one's wife, right, to a January 6th hearing. Is that the Supreme Court's just going to be in lockdown mode against the administrative state? Okay, so I think. I think you've seen that pendulum switch uh, too, but but you notice they went after they tried to assassinate uh, um, the the governor hopeful in New York. So oh yeah yeah, I, I, I think we're going to see some. I think we're going to see some bizarre events. You know, they already killed Abe, right? It didn't work their way. Worked the other way actually in spades. So um, exactly, yeah. You know, you know, yeah. you're right. I do look that as a planned assassination attempt that goes beyond the individual attacker with Lee Zeldin. The guy had a weapon that wasn't detectable by a metal detector. I confirmed that with a DHS source, and he said that kind of weapon can't be detected at the airport. And uh, he said it would take special screening, and he said this was very concerning to him. And the same day, Governor Hockle of New York came out and defended no bail, which is what this guy was out on, no bail. So, to me, that was a bizarre event. I agree with you. Uh, very quickly, let's go over how people get involved in Trade Genius. And so, let me wrap this up for you. The uh, give me the password again, Bob. It was uh, b- 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 um, summer. Summer. Thank you. Yes, and uh, you get fifty percent off. Great stuff, folks. Trade Genius is killing it. Over sixty percent ROI. 
there's a reason you can hear right here in the interview why Bob is ahead of the curve. He's a master at current events and applying it to what's going on, and their algorithms will guide you. There's nothing, very little left to chance. That's why you need to get a hold of them, Trade Genius Academy. That'll be in our description box link that we post to both this article and also to YouTube. Bob, really fascinating stuff. Thank you so much for coming on and enlightening us, and continued good luck with Trade Genius. You guys are killing it. Great. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Take care.